Welcome to the Gap Church Podcast, where we're filling the gap through freedom and the truth. Please enjoy this week's message. Um, Another thing also is because I knew God sent me this morning. Um, Some days I know the mantle is dropped on my lap, and some days I know I have been sent. And today was just one of those days when I was contacted. I was in a moment in my life where I just... I just wanted to focus on myself. But every time God wants to give me a word for somebody or to share, he ministers to me. And when that person comes, just like Peter to Cornelius, when, you know, the angel appeared to him and God ministered to him, before Cornelius, you know, the message for Cornelius came and said, go forth. That's how I feel this morning. I know that God has sent me. And I pray the, you know, Psalm 23 over us this morning. Lord, as we have come into your presence this morning, let us not lack any good thing. In the mighty name of Jesus, we pray this morning that you will lead us beside still waters, oh God. Lead us in the path of righteousness and let our lives not be the same again. Your word says you lead us in the path of righteousness and you restore our soul. Father, restore souls this morning. In the mighty name of Jesus, let your word do a quick work in the life of your children in the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. I'm going to quickly go into my word this morning. And my scripture is from 1 Corinthians 16. I'm going to start from verse 5. Verse 5. And I think I'm going to read. Let's see. Let me do the New Living Translation. This is Paul to the people of Corinth, you know, the church in Corinth. It says, I'm coming to visit you after I have been to Macedonia. For I am planning to travel through Macedonia. Perhaps I will stay a while with you, possibly all winter, and then you can send me on my way to my next destination. This time I don't don't want to make just a short visit and then go right on. I want to come and stay a while, if the Lord will let me. In the meantime, I will be staying here at Ephesus until the festival of Pentecost. There is a wide open door for great work here. Although many oppose me. I'm going to read the amplified version of verse 9. I'll start from 8. It says, but I will stay in Ephesus until Pentecost. Because a wide door for effective service has been opened to me in Ephesus. A very promising opportunity. And there are many adversaries. My topic today is, and there are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. There are many adversaries. I'm going to do a quick rundown of 1 Corinthians 16. This particular scripture was the final instruction that Paul was sending to the Christian in Corinth. And for me, and as I was reading Corinth, and, you know, I wanted to, especially that particular verse, I wanted to get a good understanding of what was going on. So, you know, I started reading and researching through the book of 1 Corinthians. And the first Corinthians was a letter to the Christians in Corinth. And I'll tell you, the Christians in Corinth, you know, the church in Corinth was the eat church. It was the mega church. 
Um, they had so many things going on for them. And, you know, just like they had money, you know. To us, if you look at verse 1 through verse 4, Paul was talking to them and telling them, hey, the money you have set aside for poor Christians and saints, please don't send it out yet. When I come, I, will, I, will, I know what to do with it. Just hold on. So they had money. But something about the first, the church in Corinth was there were so many adversities they were facing as well. Um, it was the church that was, they, they were Christians, but they still practiced paganism. They were Christians, but there was division in the church. People did not get along amongst the children of God. They favored one person over another person. There was a, an economic divide between those who had the money and those who didn't have the money. There were so many conflicts. There was sexual immorality. There was inequality in the church of God. And as I was researching and I realized this is almost true to the church, some churches these days or the church of Christ these days. So as I was reading, I said, First Corinthians is a good place to, you know, to read when, when we're admonishing the church of God. And another thing about first, the Corinth, the Christians in Corinth was they were the most... Paul loved them. I'll just say it that way. If you look at 1 Corinthians, there were 16 books and 16 chapters in 1 Corinthians. That means Paul wrote 16 messages to them. In the second book of Corinthians, we wrote 13. The other churches received maybe six, maybe seven, eight, four. But this particular church got more messages. Of course, they had more problems. So they received more messages than any other church. And in 1 Corinthians, church started, Paul started by admonishing them and telling them, hey, I know you, some of you prefer Paul. Some preferred uh, Peter. Some people said it's Apollos that we want to follow. And he quickly reminded them. He said, none of us died for you. Jesus Christ died for you. And your focus should always be on the cross. Never lose sight of that. And I've come to remind us as Christians, never lose sight. If you, if you look up to a pastor, you might be disappointed. It might shake your faith. But always put your eyes looking onto Jesus. Amen. So I'm going to quickly go into my um, scripture and his final instructions. He was talking about how he was looking forward to seeing them. I said, now there's this opportunity that has opened up in Ephesus. And he did not say but. Some, some scripture said but. But the one I read said and. And I've come to let you know sometimes when opportunities walk into our life, it walks in with obstacles as well. So, you know, sometimes sometimes we, we always think if it's easy, it's from God. Sometimes it's very difficult and it's God's way. So it's, you know, it was this, this is an effective door opened unto me. We know that God opened that door for him. So, but there are many adversaries. What is an adversary? An adversary is an opponent, opposition, something that has come to cause misfortune. He wants to shorten your blessing. He wants to destroy your destiny. He wants to plunder your harvest. It is an affliction. It is distress. It is evil. That is the job of any adversary. That this opportunity that the Lord has presented unto you, you would never walk in it. You would never accomplish anything with it. And that is the job of, the, uh, of an adversary. And let me tell you how adversaries come. An opportunity has been presented to you in life to advance. And suddenly there are a series of unfortunate events. It's like, what's going on in my life? Almost like Job. Got to a point people say, you know what, just curse God and die. Because it seems like you offended God. And all of his affliction was within the will of God. 
Another one, an opportunity or an effective door was opened unto you to serve the Lord, but it conflicts with your working hours. <laughs> an opportunity has been opened to you to get married, but you are like the man by the pool of Bethesda. I have no man. I have no woman, nobody looking at me, nobody saying hello. An opportunity has presented itself for me to start my own business, but I constantly second-guess myself. There's so many ideas in me that I know that if I run with it, I might be able to do something with it. But something tells me, don't embarrass yourself. An opportunity and an obstacle. They came together, toe-to-toe, head-to-head. And they have presented themselves unto you. You have the opportunity to go to school, but you have no money. You want to return back to school. Probably even have the schools telling you you've been admitted and there ain't no money to pay for it. There are many adversaries. The world is full of adversaries. People who stand to oppose you. People who have sworn enemy. Sometimes it's not even people, it's ourselves. We, the adversary is inside of our mind. And you're constantly just second-guessing and talking yourself out of the glory the Lord wants to reveal through you. Who is an adversary? And some of these things, sometimes we think it's people. You know, some of us, if they tell you, show me your enemy, you know whose name to call. <laughs> you know whose name to call. But First Peter 5 verse 8 says, be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion, seeking who he may devour. I love the message version. Message version says, keep a cool head. Stay alert. The devil is poised to pounce and would like nothing better than to catch you napping. Keep your guard up. You're not the only ones plunged into these hard times. John 10.10 10 says, the enemy, it says the thief has not come but to steal to kill, and to destroy. That's the plan of the enemy. Every time God speaks a word over your head, the enemy said, we have to steal it. This dream must be stolen. This dream must be killed. This destiny must be destroyed. That is the plan of the devil. And the Lord says, but I have come that they may have life and they might have it more abundantly. And sometimes in life we feel like it's just like this scripture says. It says, you're not the only one plunged into these hard times. If we have a quick reflection into our lives, we can tell of a time or we are constantly going through a moment in our life where we have an opportunity and we have an obstacle at the same time. And sometimes even the obstacle seems more vivid than the opportunity itself. And I saw that point, you know, me, sometimes I, I have this thing where I just, I have this moment in my life, if I can be practical, I'm like, God, Lee, can this Christianity be so easy? Like, like, why so hard? Why so stressful? Like, why do I have to pray 50 hours? Like, God, can I just pray one minute and that will last me the whole week? Gosh. And then I'm reminded, the Bible is a compilation of people who had opportunities and they had obstacles at the same time. Think about someone like Noah. Was he Noah? Moses in the Bible. He was called as a, he was born to be a deliverer. What was his obstacle? His stammering. He didn't want to do it because he just, he, I, I can't do it. I can't even talk. I don't have the eloquence of speech. 
Why would I be the one to save your people? Think about Joseph. He had dreams, dreams, dreams. Man, dreams that make someone want just, you feel intimidated when he talks about his dreams. But that dream was contending with the prison. There was Joseph, the prince, and there was Joseph, the prisoner. Solomon. Solomon was a wise man. Bible says there's no one God had bestowed that virtue of wisdom for. In her, before him, during his time, and even after his time. But that opportunity contended with the fact that Solomon was a womanizer. Women were his downfall. A man that wise. Just didn't have enough wisdom to handle women. Think about someone like Nicodemus in the Bible. He wanted to see the Savior. And what was his obstacle? His height. I want you to take a few moments, ask yourself, or just reflect. What are the obstacles that are standing in my way? Think about the man by the pool of Bethesda where they wanted them to, you know, he sat there every day hoping that when the, you know, angel troubled the water, he jumped in and he will be saved. And when they asked him, do you want to be healed? He said, I want to, but I have no man. There's no helping man for me. Some of us, that's our story. I want to do all the things, but I don't have support. I don't have anyone to help me. But one thing the Bible also had, and with all these people I've shared, is a lot of them had happy ending. Happy ending because they looked unto Christ. They relied on God. Praise the Lord. So I'm here to give you good news. There might be opportunities and obstacles. Matter of fact, the obstacles are just so vivid. They're killing this opportunity. Like, I'm ready to throw in the towel. And I'm here to tell you this morning that there is opportunity in Christ. 1 John 3, 8 says, it says, 8b says, But the Son of God came to destroy the works of the devil. That's just all he has come to do. John 10, verse 10, it says, The thief has come to steal, to kill, and to destroy. Jesus said what? I have come that you may have what? Life. And not just have some shabby life. But to have life more abundantly. So how do we undo adversary? First Peter 5, 8, I'll start with that. It says keep a cool head. The plan of the enemy is really to shake you so you don't really have a cool head. And if you think some of the times you made the worst decisions in your life, you, were not ha- you didn't have a cool head. So keep a cool head. That scripture says stay a lot. Sometimes some miracles come into our life, some opportunities come into our life, and we are no longer, our guards are down. We are no longer prayerful. We're no longer going to church. We are forsaking the gathering of brethren and saints. Bible says, stay alert. Keep your guard up. Do not let the enemy catch you napping. The enemy says, uh, the Bible says, do not let the enemy catch you napping. Luke 18 verse 1 says, men ought to pray and never give up. 
But some of us, we've been praying, and we've been praying, and it seems like, and I don't know, I know I've been through those moments where I'm like, I mean, it seems like I'm, this, this prayer has been years. I'm getting sick of praying about the same thing. But this scripture says, men ought to pray and never give up. Do not give up. I've come to tell someone this morning, no matter how you feel, do not give up. Still always take it to God in prayer. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4. Sometimes we feel like, you know, our enemy is someone we can see. It might be our boss at work. It might be our colleague. Whoever you think it is. The Bible is telling us that for the weapon of our warfare, they are not carnal. But they are mighty through God to the pulling down of stronghold. There are some things that, that they, they stand as stronghold. You know, you know what a stronghold is? They have a stronghold on something. And we desire to pull that stronghold down. The Bible says we can't, we can't pull the stronghold down by our attitude. We can't pull it down by what we say or who we run to. It says they are not carnal. They are not physical. It's not something people can see. However, they are mighty through Jehovah. We can only pull down those strongholds through God. Those voices in your head, you can only pull down that stronghold through God. To the pulling down, that sickness in your body, that sickness that gives you maybe five weeks off and comes up every now and then, or every, you know, every particular time in the year, it comes up. The pulling down of stronghold. I'm going to share a personal testimony, and I know some of my D4G kids may have heard, heard that story before. When I was, or maybe not, when I was single, I used to have this dream. Came every now and then, like I'll have a dream that I I had I was dating someone in my dream, and every time I woke up I was sad because you know being Nigerian, <laughs> you know the implications. <laughs> so, but every morning I'll just say, God, I don't like ah, God, I don't like this dream. Lord, I don't like this dream. And one day I had the dream. In that dream I was getting ready for my wedding. Oh my God. I woke up, <laughs> oh, if I saw the, the devil physically, I would grab him by the neck. I was that upset. And I prayed that prayer. I said, God, I, don't, I kill this dream right now. I kill this relationship, whatever this stands to be in my life. I destroy it. I, dis I was, ooh, I was waiting for the enemy. And that was the last I ever had of it. It was a moment in my life I just said, you know what? I prayed this prayer, but I, I didn't pray it like I was in warfare. But when it got to the point where I wanted to start having a spirit husband. <laughs> oh, we don't need that. <laughs> we know what to do. <laughs> so, you know, there are just so many moments in my life I've realized prayer. And I had that conversation with somebody. You get to a point in your life there's something you look up to. You know, Bible says some trust in chariots. And some, their trust is in horses. Some people might be their parents. It might be some money stashed up for them. For me, my trust is in the name of the Lord. I don't have any other choice. I don't have any other, any other support that can just watch out and look out for me like that God that I have. Some people may have whatever they have. Social security, whatever. But I know who I trust and I know who I believe. 
And that lets me, or just, I've come to tell you, be given to prayer. Be given to prayer. Don't be deceived. Be given to prayer. Your destiny desires can only come to fruition on an altar of prayer. Think about Joseph. He had his dream from when he was a teenager. And as soon as that dream arrived, an obstacle arose. You must be given. You can't just be, just be neglectful or nonchalant about the dream that God has given you. You always, you know, sometimes we feel like God has said this thing and it's going to happen. <laughs> Paul just said, an effective door open to me, open through God, and, and there are oppositions. You have to be given, we're in a world where prayer is, you know, <laughs> I know, I'm Nigerian, so people do give sweet, there's some moments, it's, you know, we can say cute prayers, but there's some moments, <laughs> let's put the cute prayer aside. I had a friend when I was in college, he had an accident, and suddenly, you know, you know, we're all in the same fellowship, so we gathered, we were trying to pray for him, and everybody just started, oh, ah, I said, this guy is dying, like, why are we praying, sweet, oh, Lord, I said, this is, we have to call this one out of the grave, we cannot do it silent, we can't say, come out of the grave, come out, ah, <laughs> the enemy needs to know we are ready for battle. <laughs> and we started praying. We prayed for about two hours. And the following morning, this guy had been unconscious for about five days. They said he gained consciousness. The weapons of our warfare, they are not carnal. You know, you have that person that disturbs you in the place of job and you want to argue with them. I know what to do. <laughs> I know where to address you. <laughs> the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. It's not by how you, how you react at work and tell people you know what to say. Okay. They're not carnal. The Bible also says, do not forsake the gathering of saints. Do not forsake the gathering of saints. One of the things that enemy wants to do if he wants to attack you is he pulls you away from saints. I've been in a moment in my life before. I was prayerful. All I did was go to church, go to work. Go to church, go to work. And I felt like my life was not going the direction I desired. And I woke up that morning, I was depressed. Got up just regularly. That, this was when I was in college. I got up and knelt down to pray. And I just said, God, why? Why would you do this to me? I've served you with all of my life. I have nothing to show for it. And I didn't pray that day. I was sad. And I didn't feel like praying. I was down in my spirit. But that evening, I had a meeting in church. And somebody said, do not doubt what God has planned for you. It was so random, I knew it was for me. It was a very random word. And that's just the thing about the gathering of saints. You never know who God is going to send to you. I'm depressed, I'm sad, I don't feel like coming, but I'll show up either way. And God will send, send his word to you. He will say just exactly what you need to hear. And that night I had to go. I said, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Do not, do not forsake the gathering of saints. 
The Bible says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. Finally, or before finally, let the word of God be your compass. Don't be an Instagram Christian. Don't get your, don't get your, Bible, don't get your Bible messages on TikTok. You need to open up your Bible and read it. The Bible says, your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. You have to know God for yourself. So that nobody can cajole you and push you back and forth and come with this message of doom and then you begin to shiver and shake. Mm-mm. You have to be rooted in the word of God. I've, I've gone through moments in my life that the word of God has kept me. When I was pregnant with my son, it was, an op- it was an opportunity for me, but it was also an obstacle in my life. When you go to the doctor and they tell you something may be wrong with your child. I had to go see a specialist, and the specialist said, you know, one in, five, uh, one in 30 people is going to be autistic, one in this. They mentioned all the one in, one in, one in, and I said, none of them are mine. Yeah. One in, but it's not mine. That one would not be mine. But I'm not saying it because I was cocky, but I knew the God I served. I knew what the Bible said about me. The Bible says, I know the plans I have for you. Ah. If somebody has plans for you, you, if someone could walk up to you and tell you, I got plans for you. Ah. Ah. There's, there's something that comes, you, you know, if you, if, you want, if you want to fret, that someone says, I got plans for you. Or just let me, let, let me bring it down to something you understand. Go to a party and rice is running out. And you're trying to like search for rice, and somebody says, Don't worry, I got you. Ah. <laughs> Say no more. <laughs> Let these people run around. <laughs> I'm okay. Someone got me. You see, we <laughs> You don't want rice. Uh. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I know the plans that I have for you. That's what the Bible says. Plans of good. God was even specific. Plans of good and not of evil. To give you a hope and a future. And to give you an expected end. Another scripture that could preach. Because it's one of those moments in my life that... uh, uh, I I think I I had a moment like that. When I was in college, I had that moment too. You know, I just was so anxious. When I was in my third year, going to my fourth year, I was just anxious. Sometimes when I thought about it, I would cry. I just didn't know what would become of me. I finished school. Would I ever get a job? Would I ever be able to do this or be able to do that? And I will cry. Just the thought, just the assumption, the thought running through my head, and I will just be crying. It has not happened. I've not even finished college. And I am paralyzed by the thoughts in my mind. And I will begin to cry. What's going to happen when I finish school? Would I ever get a job? Would I ever get married? Would this ever happen? Would I ever have children? I've been to a doctor's office, a nurse's office before, and they told me it would be difficult for you to have children. And I did not even, I wasn't even in a relationship, and I was already afraid. I was already thinking to myself, I may never have children. And, you know, a few weeks ago, I had that moment where I just started wondering, what's going to happen in my future? You know, what's going to happen when I'm 50, when I'm 60? What's going to become of me? 
And God took me to the scripture. I'm about to give somebody a very a favorite verse. It's Proverbs 4, 18. I actually have it here. It says, the way of the righteous is like the first gleam of dawn, which shines ever brighter until, until full light of day. I like the message version. <laughs> it says, the way of right living people glow with light. The longer they live, the brighter they shine. Ha! Oh my goodness. That was the word I needed to liberate my spirit. The longer I will live, the brighter I will shine. I would not be 60 and I'll be thinking that my 30s were the best days of my life. Ah! That was all I needed to see. The longer I live, the brighter I will shine. You have not seen my best days yet. You still complaining about where I'm at? You don't know what's coming for you. <laughs> what's coming and what God will do through me, you don't know what is coming. That scripture has a clause, though. It says, right living people. And that's what God told me. Why don't you focus on being righteous? And let me focus on your future. Why are you worried about what's going to happen for you and to you? Why don't you worry about seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness? And leave me to add all these things you're thinking about. Leave me to add it to you. When I was younger, I used to tell my dad, I feel like my life is so delayed. And so I just, and my dad's like, you need just one day and one moment. One decision and God is going to turn things around for you. That's the God we serve. So I've come to challenge you. Are you living right? I think the second part of that scripture says, but the road of wrongdoing gets darker and darker. It gets darker and darker when you're not in Christ. You can come to church, but you can do that soul search yourself. Am I right standing with God? Not the standard that Instagram tells us. You know where you are as a Christian. Paul says, God, search me and know my heart. That's a prayer we all have to pray. God, search me. If there's anything that is not of you in me, I want you to take it out. If it's the wrong relationships, the wrong direction, search me, Lord. So I can live and be in right standing with you. So I've come to encourage and admonish you this morning. Be in right standing with God. Don't be fooled by, by opportunities or things that you think may be happening or have ha has happened for you. Be in right standing with God. And if I ask this morning, if you are in that moment or that, you know, season of your life where you feel like, you have opportunities and you have obstacles. About half of us will raise our hands. For me, it happened for me on the job. There's some things I've said by this time, this year, my career, and this year, my career, this I want to check off, this I want to do. And I felt like I was getting closer to it. And suddenly, it hasn't even happened, I just sensed an obstacle. And I was, I was in a meeting this week, and I was just like, oh my God, what's going on? And the scriptures came to me. 
an effectual door have been opened unto me. But there are many adversaries. Is this dream you have for your career, but you always have to remember, Olaide, there are many adversaries. And that Wednesday morning, I got up. I said, God, deliver me from every adversary in my life. Every adversary that has set up altar and set up shop in my destiny, deliver me from them. Brethren, God started by delivering me from an accident. That morning, an 18-wheeler reversed right into my car. Father, deliver me from every opposition. I didn't have that. That very moment, I could not pray. But I had prayed. That's the thing about Christians. In the moment, it may happen for you. That's why we must be given to prayer. There might not be opportunity to, to pray. But I have a prayer bank. I have been praying. When I had my daughter, when I was pregnant with my daughter, was one of the lowest points of my life. When I was single, I was not even that broke. I was broke. I was sad. Once or twice in a week, I just woke up in the middle of the night and I wept. And once I cry a few minutes, I sit up and I start to pray. I just stop praying. I just stop praying. There's, I, God, you're the only, the only opportunity and the choice and, and, and the support that I have. I just kept praying. I didn't know why I was praying, but I kept praying. God gave me a word. He gave me, promised me things for my children. But when my daughter came, she came out lifeless. And I had to tell God, you made promises. You won't be a God to break your own covenant. Why would you do that? You can't do that. And I just kept laughing. Devil, you lied. Devil, I just, you know that laugh? <laughs> no, 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 no. In the fifth minute, she woke up. Let us rise up to our feet this morning. Opportunities arise. And they arise with obstacles. The Lord gives us a dream and the enemy sets up obstacles. And the devil says, not on my watch for you. These things that the Lord has said concerning you, <laughs> it would not, that's the devil saying, not on my watch. This morning, you're going to just lift up your voice to the Lord. Lord, deliver me. From every voice that speaks louder than the voice of God in my life, deliver me. Every obstacle that wants to be more vivid than the opportunities that you have for me, deliver me. Everything that wants to speak against the destiny you have proposed for me, Lord, deliver me. A door of opportunity has been opened up for me in my academics, in my career, in my business. Lord, deliver me from every opposition, every adversary and opponent that has risen up against me, against my home, against my business, against everything that concerns me. Lord, I do not know them, but you know them. Deliver me. Deliver me. I might not know them. I, I don't know even if some of my friends are happy for me. Lord, deliver me. I'm here walking around naive and ignorant. Lord, deliver me. I'm crying for recognition on the job. And I'm not getting it. People are not speaking for me. Deliver me. Deliver me, Lord.
from every obstacle that has risen up, whether from my father's household, whether from my mother's household, Lord, deliver me. Every obstacle that has told me affliction will rise again and again and again. Lord, deliver me. Every obstacle that wants to deny me of the joy of my salvation. Lord, deliver me. Everything that wants to, 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 to stuck and truncate the peace that I have in Christ. Lord, deliver me. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Amen. And I don't want to leave this very moment without asking. You know yourself. You can't lie about it. If you're not in right standing with God, this is another moment. Why don't you just raise your hand wherever you are? You know the Bible. This scripture that says the path of the righteous shines brighter and brighter. The longer they live, the brighter it shines. It might not be your portion. You know yourself. Because you're not in right standing with God. Why don't you just raise your hand back at me so we can just pray together. And have you in right standing with God. And just begin to ask him, God, come into my life. I invite you into my life. Take my life and let it be consecrated to you. Take every moment, every breath in my lungs, every moment in and out of my, of my bed. Lord, take every day of my life. I invite the Holy Spirit to lead me and direct my cause. And for those of you who, 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 who didn't raise your hand, just pray, God, keep me rooted and grounded in you. Let me not fall out of your way. That's the only plan the enemy has. If I can just get this person out of God's shadow, oh, I know I have this person. Lord, keep me rooted and grounded in you. Father, we pray for your children this morning. We pray that you keep them rooted and grounded in you. For the ones asking for the salvation of their souls, Lord, nothing else can do it but the blood of Jesus. We ask that the blood of Jesus, we pray that this ones become crucified with Christ. And let them die to flesh. And let your spirit be revealed in them and through them. In the mighty name of Jesus. For the rest of us, Lord, keep us rooted in you. Keep us grounded in you. In Jesus' name, we are praying. And Father, Lord, per adventure, there's somebody here whose faith can no longer handle their obstacle. Father, we ask for reinforcement from heaven. In the mighty name of Jesus. That every parameter of their life, Lord, you surround it. In the mighty name of Jesus. And your name alone shall be glorified. Thank you for, Lord, a word in your presence. Even when we go out this week, Lord, let this, let this word be resounding in our ears. Let it be resounding in our hearts. In the mighty name of Jesus. In Jesus' name we have prayed. Amen, amen. Thank you for tuning in to the Gap Church Podcast. We hope this message blessed you. If you made that choice to give your life to Christ, congratulations, we celebrate you. Don't forget to text SAVED to 817-382-2244.
Again, text SAVED to 817-382-2244. Thank you so much and have a blessed week.